There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. It's time to turn our attention to one of the busiest times of the show all week. We're talking, of course, about cars. Drive Live Talks Automotive. So we have two guests on the programme today. We have Matthew Davidson from Dubizzle. Very good afternoon to you. It's great to be back. How are you? Very well. All uh, prepared for Eid holidays. Are you being kept busy though? Yeah, super busy. Loads to tell you today. Very busy. Okay, and we've also got Kareem Mackey from Top Gear Middle East. Good to have you on the show. Thank you. Great to be back. Thanks very much. So, of course, if you want to know about your car, like many of you do, it gets super busy. So my advice is to text in early about cash or trash. If you want to know what your vehicle's worth, if you're maybe looking at buying another vehicle and want to you know, know if it's going for a fair price, let us know. As much detail as possible will be a big help for Matthew Davidson. He has got a sort of encyclopedic, you know knowledge of cars and car values and prices but you need a bit more information than just uh, it's a red ford explorer yeah the more information the better make model year kilometers um and especially if it's a different kind of trim level so for example if it's a nissan patrol tell me if it's an se or an le these type of things help us to price the cars much better Custom paint jobs, anything like that, modifications. Now we're talking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just enjoyed the Hulk green one we had a few weeks ago. Well, yeah, was yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> and a quiet face. We do have lots of interesting ones. So you say you've been really busy, Matthew. Uh, what sort of news do you have for us in terms of the car world? Is it, you know, now that the Eat holidays have been announced, are people in a rush to sort of get some transactions through? The big holiday for me anyway is Eid al-Adha. It seems to be the, the recognized week off uh, for most people. So, uh, for example, Taz Jeel have announced that the, the last day for any kind of transactions will be Sunday and then everybody will return the following Saturday. So we've got quite a bit of a mad rush at the moment as people try and get those last few cars registered and uh, in some cases re-registered before the holidays. And so, uh, I, and it's getting a little bit easier, isn't it, to re-register your cars at the moment? Yeah, I mean, the I always say the UAE government seem to be one step ahead of the rest of the world. They're always looking to make things easier as residents here. For example, now, uh, once you buy a car, the registration card will stay with you for the life of that car. So if you keep that car for five years, you're not going to have to reprint what they call the mulkia, the registration card, every year. Mm -hmm. uh, you do the normal test, of course, and buy your insurance, but the card stays static. So that's, a, that's another leap forward, making everything to do with cars here in the UAE one step easier for the consumer. And something else that I noticed recently, it seems that uh, not everybody's uh, getting, you know when you normally you go and renew your car registration and you get the little sticker to go on the license plate where they give the month and the year. So we know apparently that's not all being done each time now. So let me give you a bit of history about the sticker. There was a time when we didn't have mobile phones and we didn't have internet. So the sticker on the rear number plate Every time you access the trunk of your car, it kind of was a reminder, hey, on the 4th of April, you need to uh, uh, renew your registration. But now, of course, we have these wonderful things like emails and text messages, etc. So they prompt you and remind you. But that's simply the reason those stickers exist. They're not a legal requirement anymore to stick them on the, the rear number plate. They're there simply to serve a purpose to tell you when your annual renewal, when you need to take the car in for that test is due. I never knew that. That's really good to know. <laughs> Good news. And uh, uh, Kareem, let's come to you. You've been out and about at the moment. Tell us about your most recent trip. My most uh, my most recent trip, I've... Well, actually, I've come back from the UK. Yeah. Um, 
a little bit jet lagged, not gonna lie. Uh, but uh, was uh, very kind in I was with in Germany and Austria with uh, with Aston Martin for testing the new uh, DBS Super Legera. Nice. Which was uh, a tough gig. Yeah, I have to say. Yeah, it's very uh, nice. A brute in a suit, which it's been uh, it's been claimed, but there's actually there's a bit of a, a conjecture over who coined that uh, term first. Okay. Because uh, originally everyone thought that it was uh, the Lamborghini for the lightweight the the lightweight track focus Gallardo, uh, but apparently Aston Martin are the winners in 1967 with the Aston Martin DB4. Nice. So there you go. And how does it stack up the new Aston Martin? How does it stack oh, it's up a to the other? Beautiful others? car. It's a beautiful car to drive. Um, obviously, five point litre twin turbo V twelve. But you know, I would say it's a phenomenal, phenomenal car to drive. Six hundred horsepower, and the roads obviously they took us on as well. Was I was driving basically through. Uh, You've seen the sound of music. Yes. It's basically that kind of So uh, I was gonna say if you were in Germany or Austria, did you have a chance to let it loose on the autobahn? Oh completely. We did we did a lot of <laughs> autobahning, which actually, to be honest, is not as obviously before I was obviously working in automotive journalism, I'd I hadn't had the yeah. pleasure to drive on the autobahn. But it seems to how do I say it? Uh let's say German German work yes. in terms of there's no you don't feel at all, let's say, like people are going too fast or anything like that. It just works. It's the, it's the road discipline. My husband's German. Ah, perfect. So, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Ev everyone is very uh, strict in their driving and, uh, you know, if someone's coming up, you move over, you yeah, get yeah. out of the way it's and everyone's very... It's exceptionally efficient uh, <laughs> driving. But no, it was a perfect, uh, honestly, Aston Martin, uh, you know, a perfect, uh, a perfect trip and, and what a car. And uh, uh, Matthew, come, do you come across many Aston Martins? Yeah, they, ha they, they, have, they have a good presence here. I mean, Aston Martin, like many uh, car companies, every few years they go through a sort of major change in design. If you look at the new DB11, mm. uh, the brand new uh, Vantage and the Vanquish, I mean, they've got these really uh, amazing design features, particularly the rear of the car is, is, is a big change on the previous models. But uh, Aston Martin certainly, certainly hold their own here in the, in the sports car and supercar world, and they have a lovely presence in the UAE. Yeah. I think there's only, I mean, to be honest, you're looking at a sort of Ferrari super fast, I would say, in terms of the, uh, you know, competitors at that mm -hmm. level, because you're paying over $300,000 yeah, per I car. Mean, if, if, you went, if you went for something like the new Vanquish, you would be looking at an, L, uh, an 812 super fast yeah. for Ferrari mm -hmm. to sort of compete with that. Uh, I'll take either eventually. Yeah. Offering, actually. <laughs> or both. Or both. <laughs> yeah, why not? And of it's, course Dubai. We, it's Dubai. We always wait to see which Aston Martin model is going to rock up in the next Bond film. Because mm. that does good, for, it, does well for it them does. as well. Yeah, it does do very well, Mister Mister James Bond. Uh, yeah, not it, bad at not all. Not bad at all. Yeah. And what about the uh, the Renault, the little duster? The Renault duster. Well, it's uh, not quite in the same segment as uh, as Aston Martin. Let's be uh, let's be fair. But again, I, I I loved it. I really it was a obviously a, a very reasonably priced uh, all wheel drive. We took it out to the uh, they took it to Jordan. Mm. So we did a lot of off roading as well. Um, it it's it it's a fun car to drive. I was I was pleasantly surprised actually with the with the Renault with the Renault Dust. I haven't driven too many, yeah. uh, if uh, you know, if I'm being honest. But I was uh, I would say specific. I mean, at, at that sort of level, 
of uh, of of sort of budget uh I think 50 50 odd thousand dirhams i would say yeah, start, brand new. And, yeah. and and i think you have to, to to view these type of cars in the sense of bang for buck how much car do you get for your money for what they I are mean, yeah, yeah of course there's better cars out there but i think the duster seems to be that go-to first car for expats kind of like the pajero yeah you get yeah. so much car for your money obviously if you've got a family you'll maybe lean towards the pajero but if you're a couple or or a single person out here and you're looking for your first car particularly a new car i think the dust that gives incredible value for money it's a nice it's a nice way into the suv market 100 mm. percent. drive live talks automotive we are talking automotive on the program today we have two guests with us karen mackie from top gear middle east and matthew davidson from dubizzle now emma you have um lots and lots of texts that have come in <laughs> Already, because people are keen to talk about what their car's worth. This is perhaps one of the most popular segments on the show. So what we will do, Emma, is go nicely into... I mean, you've got quite a few there to get through. So we shall start. Cash or trash? And the first one that we've got on the SMS, it's a Volkswagen Touareg. It's a 2014 model. Uh, it says 83 kilometres. I have a feeling it might be 83,000. Yeah, that would uh, seem very low. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> everyone uh, does that here. They'll just put 83. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Touareg, good, good, stable SUV. And what does the uh, FSH mean? That's full just service f- history. Oh, okay, fine. Thank you. Yeah, full service history. So it, it doesn't say dealer, but I presume it just means it's well maintained. But you're looking around 85,000 dirhams for that car being in 2014. Okay. And the next one we've got is a 1996 Mercedes G320. It's a short wheelbase. It's a Japanese import. It's got 135,000 kilometers on the clock and it's, it, it's in immaculate condition according to its owner. Yeah, I mean, the, the Japanese market is is rife with these kind of cars. You, you don't find them very easily here, so people will bring them across from Japan, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the climate in Japan serves them quite well. Uh, another one of those cars where it, it really depends if you're very lucky and you can find someone looking for one at the time you, you market it. I mean, you can put a car like that on Debizzle and sell it the next day, but of, of course you could have it on there for several weeks if there's no one specifically looking for that car. But my gut feeling would tell me twenty-five to 30,000 dirhams mm-hmm. if it's in good condition. Okay, and um, someone else has texted in saying, I know it's a little bit off topic, but I'm looking for used motorbikes and uh, there isn't much market. I would, I would disagree with that. If you go on to Bissell, there's loads and there's loads a lot of, of bikes. bikes. Yeah, it's not my speciality <laughs> bikes, but um, I'm obviously... Uh, very involved with all things motors at Debizzle. So, you know, we see we see thousands of bikes mm. listed every month on Debizzle. I, I would also recommend uh, looking for various clubs. Now you've you've got uh, Facebook groups, et cetera, that are yes. set up where, you, you know, specifically if, if you want a, a particular make or model of bike, uh, you can then search for it. But take a look on Debizzle. I'm sure you'll be uh, quite impressed. How, how do range. they keep their appreciation then? Can we uh, I mean, it? It, it depends on the type of bike it is. Yeah. I mean, you, you've all seen these delivery bikes explode. I mean, when I first came to the UAE a long time ago, um, there was bikes around. There's always been bikes around. But now these these food delivery companies are just it's just a way. I, I'm yeah. a victim of it myself. I think twice a week at least I'm getting something delivered to my home <gasps> or workplace. Do you, know, so. do you know what's so funny you should say that? Because when <laughs> Only I, twice. When, <laughs> when I Disclaimer. first <laughs> moved over here, um, uh, we lived in an apartment in the marina and... Um, my husband was saying to me, you know, 
everything can be delivered, whether it's, you know, prescription, if you have forgotten something. And I saw a guy in the lift bringing up some water, like a, a small bottle of water, not these big ones. My husband was like, yeah, someone's just called down to the shop and they bring it up. And I was like, I will never, no matter how long mm-hmm. I live in Dubai, I will never have someone bring that to me. Uh, you know, fast forward a year or two later, <laughs> and uh, I was cooking something in the middle of cooking and realized I'd forgotten something. One crucial ingredient, and I did pick up the phone. But, that, but that's what, the, what that's what they're there for. And, yeah. and we, we we often forget how fortunate we are in the UAE uh, and what fantastic services that, that the UAE provides us. But to answer the question, the point I'm making about these bikes is these companies are snapping these bikes up. Yeah. Mm. So um, in in turn, it's making the the bike market quite stable. Actually. I mean, they tend to be. If I look at the kind of delivery guys, there'll be the Bajaj Pulsars, mm. there'll be the Honda Unicorns. This kind of bike, um, having what? a little bit of ex- so, go on. There's a bike called a Honda Unicorn. A Honda Unicorn. No. I, I learned. I did my bike license here on a Honda Unicorn and a Bajaj Pulsar. How did you get here on a unicorn? I would just love to ride one just it's to say good, I got here on a unicorn. It's, yeah, it's brilliant. That's amazing. But um, um, but I would just say having a little bit of experience uh, on the on the bike market, go to the dealers. Like go and chat to the guys at uh, Royal Enfield. Go and chat to the Harley guys or the Honda guys or whatever you're into because they can give you uh, really good ideas. And and, and as you said, uh, the clubs as well, because a lot of people, they buy the basic bike and then they'll modify it to where there it's different types of wheels, different exhausts, whatever. And it all kind of changes everything. And I'll just be, I'd just say a word of warning. When you go to register the, a bike, just be wary of the color of it as well. <laughs> yeah, you must. With Even with vehicles, you change any part yeah. of the color. In other words, you put a sticker on the car or anything. If, you, if the colors don't match, then it's an RTA fail. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, very good point. Okay, um, let's get through a few more. This is a 2014 Porsche Boxster, uh, 32,000 kilometres, no accidents, but no warranty. How much uh, would this person be looking to get for that, Matthew? What what Boxster are we talking about? Doesn't say GTS, doesn't say the truth. There's a GTS, it's 2014, how many kilometres? 32,000. Yes, that's very low for a 2014 um, I mean, it, it's. I'm going to guess it's it's a Boxster S because that's probably the best way to price this, and uh, hopefully they've they've maintained it well, etc. But I would say you're you're looking with low kilometers like that around about 130 to 140 thousand dirhams. Okay. Um, Emma, you've got. We'll squeeze in a couple more yeah, before I, we get to the news. Just, yeah. uh, just one here for Kareem. You, this won't be up your street. Um, Duster versus versus an MG, which is better. I like Renault and MG uh, perfectly. Uh, no, I actually I might be uh, t- testing the uh, uh, an, a new MG uh, next week. Um, but the MGs are not as as us older people remember MG. <laughs> they're and, not they're, quite they're Chinese, as they're, no. Yeah. But they're, they're, it's yeah. this, it, to be fair, and I'm not just saying they, they did kindly take me to China. MG, okay. so I have to be a little bit. But th- th- it's it is obviously it's Chinese money. Mm. Let's be let's uh, let's call it what it is. But um, for people that don't know, MG obviously is Morris Garages, a uh, very old, uh, you know, British staple of of, of motoring and, and automotive. Um, it's the way they they say it. It's like they've taken the Apple, like say Apple phone blueprint, mm. and they've just put Chinese money mm, behind it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I would say the jury's out. Ask me in a week that person because I am testing it next week. Okay. A direct competitor to the um, If you. Explain them though, so because I don't know the difference between these two cars. So give me sort of something to go on here with these. What's the sort so, of so um, 
the MGGS would be the yeah. equivalent of the Duster. Okay. Probably slightly better spec actually than the Duster. But yeah, um, as you say, MG actually went bankrupt in the UK. Mm. They were based in the, Mid the Midlands in the UK and, and, and the Chinese company cleverly uh, bought the rights to the name. Um, you know, well-established uh, brand in the motor industry, but um, they're both they're both small SUVs essentially. Um, yeah, this this is very difficult. I, I mean, if I was looking to buy one or the other, I would certainly go and take a, a couple of good test drives. Mm. If you've got family, bring the family along and see how they feel because the fit, the fit, you. and the finish yeah. of a car. If that doesn't work for your for your wife and children, you should consider that as well. Because at the end of the day, they've got to sit in the car and 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 use it just as daily as you do. And who usually makes the decision on a family car? The female. <laughs> and actually, from what I see as well, the kids have quite a bit of influence yeah, exactly. as well. Actually, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, we'll get through a couple more. This one is um, this one's an interesting scenario. Actually, we'll we'll come back to that because I think we might need a bit more time. So we'll talk to you about this 2015 Dodge Charger Rally full service history GCC spec bought from Alpha Tame. What are we looking at, Matthew? Well, we were chatting. Oh, hang on a second. Um, it yeah. No, that's the same. That's the same text. Yeah. So I'm guessing that um, it's GCC. Yeah, yeah, it does say GCC spec. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can pick up um, uh, the 2017. I was looking at a 2017 uh, Charger Rally uh, for about 100k. So I would say if you're back at 15, you'd be looking around 75. Okay. Okay, it's interesting actually. This person followed up their message and says. Uh, the car's three years old and the insured value is 105 because of, often, you know, you go to reinsure your car each year and you're telling them it's worth the price you might have paid a couple of years ago. Mm. So you're not necessarily giving them an accurate reading of what your car's worth. So, you know, is 105 as an insurance value too, too high then? Well, look, at the end of the day, the, the insurance value is, is for the purpose of insurance. So if that car is written off in an accident, that's what basically the insurance company are going to pay. So... um you know, the, some people like their insurance premium to be slightly lower because they'll pay less. Yeah. Um, but don't ever take an insurance premium as a guide to what your car's worth. It's at the end of the day, it's the market today and mm. what what those cars are trading for. Like any commodity in the world, it's what that 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 is trading for today. So you know, look look on on the biz or see what similar cars are selling for. Uh, factor in if new models are coming out soon. Uh, you know, these are the things you need to consider when you're uh, looking to buy or sell a car to, in, in terms of valuation anyway. Drive Live talks automotive. We are talking automotive on the programme today and we've got lots and lots of messages to get through. Emma, I think we should kick off cash or trash uh, straight away because we've got so many people getting in touch. Yes, we should. So um, first up, uh, could you please value my Kia Optima? It's a 2015 model EX DXL 2.4 litre engine. It's got 63,000 kilometres on the clock. It has a full service history with the dealer. What would the market value be, please? You get a lot of car for your money with Kia. Um, and uh, I always think this is a nice time to buy a car in mm. 2015 because it's still young enough to be uh, relatively problem free, especially with uh, 63,000 kilometers, but that value will be around 35,000 dirhams. So it's a lot of lot of car for the money. Okay, not bad. Um, um, 
we we had someone text in about their car and we were just talking about the valuation and whether you should sort of accept your insurance company's valuation. And the question that's come in about this is, for example, if your car um, is insured, let's say 50,000 dirham, your car's insured for, and it suffers a total loss, will the insurance company compensate the whole value or do they then go back out to the market and see what your car might be worth now? So at the point that they insure it, they'll give you a value, for example, 105,000. But obviously that value is then going to, to alter across the 12 months until the end of the policy. But it's, it's, it's you know, very, very negligible. Mm. Um, but if you've ever taken car finance out in the UAE, you're, the bank will want you to insure the car for the full value. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, if it's 100,000, they'll want the insurance at least 100,000 or more. You'll probably pay... Um, 20, 20%, so you'll pay 20,000, the bank will loan 80. But the bank needs you to loan, uh, to insure that car for that 100. So that's why they yeah. will pay out in relation to what you insure the car for. And that's to protect you, it's to protect banks, etc. So yeah, consider that when you are insuring a car. But it's quite, it's quite rare that you would suffer a total loss, I presume. Yeah, you, you're going to have to be in a situation where the car's got some kind of major damage to the front engine or or the chassis for it to be what's called written off for it to, to be a total loss. Okay, so a few minutes ago, uh, you valued a Kia Optima 2015. Uh, yes. Can you remember how much we we said we'd, we thought that was 35, worth? 35,000. 35,000. So the Kia owner has texted back in and is delighted because they say, thank you, I just sold it today for 37,000. Congratulations. <laughs> My bro. So, nice. My bro. <laughs> A nice uh, early Eid present. Yes. So always nice to feel like you've got a bit more. Yeah. You know, that's a good price, actually. Congratulations. Good. Okay. Uh, Another one. A Mercedes Benz E Class 2017. It's brand new from Gargash. Um, And um, they basically want to know perhaps what this car is worth. You know, this is an interesting one. So I'm I'm always fascinated uh, being obsessed by cars, why people sell so soon. You know, when you think about it, this car is is essentially a year old. Mm. Um, and there's the, there's the obvious reasons where people are forced to sell because they're le- leaving, etc. But, um, you know, some people just will, will sell because they're, they fancy a change. You know, they've, they've had it. It's not quite what, what it works out to be. But it's not the best time to sell a car. Mm-hmm. You, the, the most depreciation is happening in that first year. And then someone's going to come along and say, thank you very much. You've taken all the depreciation. And then it slows down really for the next few years. But um, which which engine is it? Did they say? Just E-Class? It or just e- says E-Class 2017. Maybe a, a, a 200, um, E200, which would be about 200,000 dirhams. So, like you say, Matthew, someone wanting to sell a car after one year. I mean, it could be this person has lots of money and they don't mind seeing that depreciation, you know, over and over. And they want a brand new car every year because some people, you know, that's what they want to spend their money on. And that's fair enough. But if, you know, if this person wanted to sell their car because they didn't like it or they had, um, you know, some problems with the car, um, you know, what kind, what kind of situation would they be in then if they're was, for example, something wrong with the car? Is there can there, is there anything that you can do about it? Do cars work the same way washing Under machines warranty, might? Actually. Yeah, I mean, this is this is how you're protected in UE. If you buy a car from a dealer, I don't know of any car manufacturer 
that that only offers a year warranty. I think the minimum is two two years here in the UAE. Mm. So you're protected un, under having a warranty. This is why I encourage people to buy from authorized dealers new cars rather than actually importing these zero kilometer gray imports in because you have you're protected un, under the consumer law here. Um, but if you just say maybe just fell out of love with this car. Even if, if you if you did have that situation, try and keep it at least into the second year mm -hmm. because the difference is, is very small in what, what you lose and you get that extra year's use out of the car. But selling a car in the first year, you will take a massive hit on depreciation. Okay. It's not really recommended. Okay, looking uh, elsewhere here, we've got a, a 2013 Ford Edge SEL. It's got, uh, oh, we did that one, didn't we? Did we do that? No, we did. We, sorry. No, we haven't done an Edge. We, we talked about Ford. it before. 2013 Ford Edge SEL leather interior and onboard system. It's got an extended warranty until 160,000 kilometres, but the mileage is now 127,000. Mostly road driving. Um, don't want to rule out some desert driving. What is the Edge currently worth? It's in good condition and only been used by myself. Yeah, great that it's uh, a one-owner car and, and extended in terms of uh, the package to 160 because 120 is still rel mm. relatively getting up there in terms of kilometers. SEL is quite a nice trim, actually. It's got the lever, reversing camera, etc. Um, but you'd be looking around 35 to 40,000 dirhams for that car. Okay, okay. Ross is texting, and this is a car comparison. Um, which is better, a Peugeot 3008 or a Renault? Chloe. 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 I, think, it's a Chloe. I mm. think it would be a Chloe. Is it a Chloe? Loving the European cars today. It's I know, it's yeah. quite popular. It might be Clio. Oh, um, possibly. Renault Clio. Clio. Uh, I can't see the screen, but I'm guessing it oh. looks like K-L-O-E-S. Could be either. Oh, it would be a Clio oh, then. A Clio. Clio's. right. Yeah. Okay. Renault Clio. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Clio. Great. I would, you know, I hate to influence people's decisions because you should, you should, you know, take everything into consideration and make an informed decision. But I, I would probably plump for the Renault if I, if I was looking at the basics of economics in terms of uh, drivability, safety, fuel economy, and ultimately resale value. Mm -hmm. uh, they tend to fare a lot better here than the Peugeots. Okay. It's okay. Colios, by the way. Yeah. Colios. Uh, okay. I think... Um... Sounds like a, like a bad, <laughs> bad cold, think... doesn't it? I, I've got a Colios. Okay, yeah, Renault Colios. Okay, I can I can see where Ross was trying to go with the text, but we appreciate it nonetheless. David's yeah. texting, and David has a, a Mercedes GL500. Uh, it's 2012. There's 128,000 kilometres. It's been uh, dealer service through Gargash Mercedes. Any idea of the valuation? So these these cars, unfortunately, have been have been falling quite a lot. Um, Is, and what what might be the reason for that? Just new models okay. like the GLA, GLE, etc., coming out. Um, but in terms of once these cars get up there with kilometres, mm. people are very wary. Now it's out of warranty. It's a it's a big engine European car, mm. and things can and will go wrong. Um, but you'd be looking around eighty five to ninety thousand for that car in this market right now. Okay, and uh, we've also got a 2013 Range Rover Sport uh, HSC, 76,000 kilometres uh, driven. It's got a leather interior. What would it currently be Did worth, you say please? 17? 76. Oh, no, the, what year? year? 2013. Oh, 2013. Yes. 2013 and Sport. Dealer serviced. It's, it's right on the edge mm. of when the shape changed. So that is really difficult to price because if it's the older shape, it's going to be worth, I would say, 
120, something like that. If it's if it's a newer shape, it will be more knocking on the door of 170 because 2013 wow. was when the shape completely changed. You, you might remember when the new Range Rovers hit the road yeah. the end of 12 into 13. I mean, everybody wanted one. Um, and it, and now the older shape is, is looking a bit boxy and a bit tired. Okay. So um, if they can text back in and, and just confirm whether it's the newer shape or the older shape, that would be wonderful. Jamil, if you can, we're trying to look at your photo that you've sent us of the car. But if you can, um, text us back in, Jamil, and let us know if it is the older or the newer shape. Because, it, I mean, what kind of difference are we talking, Matthew, in terms of a price? About 50,000 dirhams. It's, it's quite, really? Yeah, it's, quite it's, it's substantial, yeah. So why does a, a change in shape of a vehicle or a model have it, such a detrimental effect on it? I, it's realization of of the asset. At the end of the day, I, I always say it's better to get if you're buying a car going in the future, you want the first of a new shape rather than the last of an old shape. Mm. Because here's an example: if you know your car, the so Porsche Cayenne, uh, 2003 to 2009, that old shape with the kind of frog eyes, and then they mm. updated they updated with a facelift. Then in 2011, they bought out the new model. Mm. That new model now is is been actually facelifted again, but uh, or the new model's out, but it's more changes to the rear than the front. But if you look at that 2003 to 2009 model now, it looks very tired, very old and tired. So if you bought the nine and somebody bought the 11, mm. uh, yes, of course, it'd be a difference in price for two years anyway. But in terms of that car, what it looks like now on the road, it's very old, tired. The tech inside is is very outdated. It doesn't mm. look like that at the time, mm. but oh, over, year, over you're yeah. like, oh, there's no, there's nothing in it really. But then when you when you over years, you do start to see you're like, oh, that's definitely is the old look model. Look at the look at the Kias and Hyundai yeah. from okay. five or six years ago. How much they've leapt forward Completely, in terms yeah. of design. So Jamil's text back in and said it is the older shape, and um, he wants you to see the images. We we, we can't quite uh, open I them can't at the meal. I can't see images from the... my seat, but I. I I would say, but it's the older shape. He's so looking. Give you a he's fair he's looking around one twenty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there is a Nissan Armada from David. David has a 2013 Nissan Armada. It's an LE, uh, 73,000 kilometers, and it has a leather trim. David wants to know what the car is worth. So the Armada LE's got the the more powerful engine. Um, they're they're the big cars. They're the big eight seaters. Uh, you know, if you've, if Are you, they? Yeah. You ever mm-hmm. been? If you've been? If you ever been on the school run? That's uh, <laughs> the usual suspects: the Amadas, uh, the, the Land Cruisers, patrols, etc. What's the kilometers? Uh, the kilometers on the seventy three thousand. That's not bad, actually, for, for the year. For two thousand thirteen. Yeah, that's, that's actually very good. Probably exactly because it's a school run car. Um, but I would say you're. You looking... make it sound like it's a bad thing. The school, it's a school run I'm, car. I'm not Less saying it's a bad thing. It's just, just a, a... I know that anybody listening likes to wrap their family around in, in safe yeah. safety. And that is a way to do it. It's a lot of metal around you and your family. But you're looking with those lower kilometers, uh, I would say around 85. If, if it would had normal kilometers, it'd be more towards about 70, 75. But that's, that's attractive with those lower kilometers. Okay. And we've got a, in here an, an Alpha GT 2007, two litre engine, uh, 260,000 kilometers. Um, it's an automatic. Uh, I'm not sure what excellent shape means, but. Yeah. So look, an Alfa Romeo, famously unreliable. Anybody in the car industry has to. Uh, if you've ever watched old episodes of Top Gear, they were. I'm glad you said it. It was the ongoing joke about the reliability <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. of Alfa Romeo. 
but all petrol heads, there's a rule that you always have to own one alpha in your life. So we'll equalize the balance with that. <laughs> but a 2007 with that many kilometers with an automatic gearbox, if mm. it was manual, much, much better. But, you know, that that's that's potential problems. And I wouldn't put that car at any more than 15, 20,000 dirhams. Is that, are you saying that's a potential trash rather than a cash? 260,000 no. kilometers. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I'm not I'm not one for, comp that isn't quite a trash. I think it would have been 300,000 we'd ring the, the trash bell. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, you know it, have, it's we, an, have it's, we got a trash bell? It's an oh. There you go. There you go. That's quite a nice bell. We want a crumple, really, yeah, don't yeah. we? Like a, like <laughs> a okay, compactor. I'll see what I can see do. What I can I'll, see what I can I'll see what I can dig out. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's they're, they're quite pretty cars. They're quite attractive cars. So somebody that wants something that, that looks a little bit better um, than the average uh, coupe out there would, would probably go for that. And yeah, 15K. Okay. And uh, we've got, uh, what about a 2014 Porsche Panamera? Um, it's a 35,000 kilometers on the clock. Warranty finished this month, but then Porsche warranties can go up to nine years. So it's a 14, which, which Panamera? Uh, a base, it's a base, base level. Oh, so yeah. it's going to be the V6. Um, look, Porsche do a wonderful thing here. It's, it's a global thing. It's not uh, restricted to the UAE, but you can extend a Porsche up until the 10th year. Mm. Uh, if, it's, if it's gone out of the warranty, you'll need to do uh, an extension. Um, where they'll do uh, an inspection on the car and you'll have to have certain things fixed. But yeah, valid point. But a V6 is is the least attractive of, of the range in terms of engine and performance. Um, they've been hit with a new shape now out, which is a beautiful car. And, and I would say 2014, 125. Okay. And we're talking all things automotive. We have two guests in the studio today doing a sterling job. Kareem Mackey, who's top gear from Top Gear Middle East, and Matthew Davidson from Dubizzle. So we're answering uh, cash or trash in terms of what your cars are worth. But we're also able to talk about all different kinds of things. Emma actually, uh, you know, flexed her motorbike pro-ass <laughs> talking about the unicorn. Uh, so it was obviously one of those, um, you know, questions that we like to get into because we can talk about all the other things too. But Emma, we've got a couple of interesting texts. The first uh, one we'll go to, though, is a Suzuki Swift Sport, because we mentioned that a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, so we've got a Suzuki Swift Sport. It's a 2016 model. It's got 74,000 kilometres on it, full service history, and a warranty until 2023. Japanese car that gives you a lot of car for the money. Um, you'd be looking thirty-five to 40,000 for that car. Mm -hmm. um, very nice, very sporty. Okay, this is a question. Be interesting to get both your opinions on the first part of the question. Matthew is about the value. So, what would you value a 2011 Audi Q5 with 79,000 kilometers on the clock? Did they mention the engine? The engine is not mentioned. No. Okay, so we're just gonna we're gonna go down the middle in terms of engines. 2011. I would say you'd be looking around 55,000. Okay, so this person. How, what would you say? I'd say I'd say that's probably about mm. right as well. Okay, so this person's paid forty-five thousand kilometer, forty-five thousand dirham rather. So they're asking, is that a good price? So it sounds like it is a good price. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's very difficult when you're sat in a studio because you can't see the car. We don't know what the history of the car is, how the tires are. I mean, I sometimes see a car that's immaculate. The owners just serviced it at the agency, spent three thousand servicing it. They've just spent four thousand putting brand new tires on. Uh, and then there's one right next to it with with none of the above, and then there might only be three or four thousand mm. in in difference of of price. But you'd always go for the first one because 
sometimes when you buy a car, try and think about not how much you're spending today, but how much are you going to spend over the next 12 months? So these are key questions you need to ask when you buy a car. When were the tires last changed? You know, that's an expensive uh, thing that you're going to have to contend with. When was it last serviced? Because if it's just been serviced and it's just had brand new tires, if you're selling the car, you really want to promote that. And if you're buying the car and you see that with a car, then that's a good way of getting extra value against other cars that are in the market. But that sounds like a good price at, at, at 45000 for sure. Okay, so the question takes a slightly different direction now. So we've established, you know, the price. And the thing is, you never know the position of the person selling the car. They might need the money, so the price can be reflected in that too. So if I was to buy a car from you, Matthew, and you say, I'm selling you this car, and um, I... Previously, it was owned by my wife. And I think, okay, well, Matthew's wife is probably a safer driver than he is. And, um, you know, she's looked after it and maybe she's only gone on a few short journeys. And I thought, I'll make you an offer based on that. And then it turns out, actually, you're not selling this on behalf of your wife. You're selling this on behalf of a dealer. And um, the, the seller then admits that. Do you have an... Do, do I have a right to complain about that? If I've come to you and you say, look, my wife uh, owned this car previously and then we have an exchange and I say, well, I've gone to register this car and it's not in your name or your wife's name. doesn't make yeah, any been, sense. Yeah, they've been missold. Well, yeah. yeah, it's disingenuous. Yeah. But I mean, in this situation, you know, there's so many things that that, that uh, are difficult when you're buying a car. Here's a, here's a prime example because I'll answer this and then I'll answer that and it'll make a lot more sense. People buy cars from dealers, actual certified registered dealers. Um, they'll buy the car and then maybe they'll come to sell it and someone will do a check and they'll find out that the car's been in some kind of accident. Mm. And they think, well, I wouldn't have bought this car if, if they'd been honest and told me about it. But did you ask the question at the time and did you make them put anything in writing? I say to people, even if you're buying a car that's one year old from a Sheikh Zayed Road dealer, tell them, yeah, I'm going to buy it, but make your own terms and conditions. Say, mm. look, when I sell this on the bill of sale, I want you to write this accident free. Because at the end of the day, when you when you have to have recourse, when you want to make a complaint to say the DD, the consumer, the rights, you're going to need something tangible. And that's the mistake a lot of people make, get stuff in writing. But in this case, have you got a leg to stand on? If they, if they told you um, that they're a private seller mm -hmm. and you've got some kind of uh, document or writing, say a text message or WhatsApp or something, that's useful because you can then go to uh, the DED, Consumer Rights, and say, look, this, this person is clearly a dealer, yeah. but they're masquerading as a private individual. And and you have VAT in implications with that as well because they're, course, if they're a dealer, yeah. they should be VAT registered and selling that car with VAT added on. So it's, it's, a, it's a big issue now. And just to add on to this scenario, what happens if it turns out the car's had ongoing issues, i.e. with oil leaks? And yeah, well, like that. That, then it gets a little bit messy. But this is why you need to start getting stuff in writing. When someone's in front of you and they say, yeah, it's my wife's car or, or whatever, try and get it in in a text message or a WhatsApp or something. And but I mean, just it's, verbally, you, you, it's, it's their word. They can just say, I never said that. And you know, where are you going to go from that situation? Remember, you're not buying a can of baked beans. Mm. This is the second biggest purchase you might most likely to make after a home in your entire life. So, you know, get stuff on paper, even from a dealer. You say it's accident-free, please write it on my uh, receipt so I don't have any trouble in the future. Exactly. If it's a private seller and they're saying it's it's my wife's car, yeah, fine, but maybe do converse in a text message so you've got some kind of protection.
Okay. Um, Mohammed's got an interesting question, um, and it's this. Uh, Mohammed says, I need help. I have a Mercedes 450 AMG uh, bought in 2016. Um, it's got 14,000 kilometres, um, brand new tyres on it, and recently serviced. First of all, can you give me an idea of the value? And, you know, we've had these discussions about cars that are a couple of years old. Mohammed's sort of asking, first of all, what's it maybe worth now? But should I keep on to this um, for another couple of years to sort of, you know, flatten out that depreciation curve? So what is the... I didn't get the model. I just heard 450, but a 450 is a very old AMG. car. AMG. Just as Mercedes 450 AMG. And what year? 2016. Yeah, so in terms of... Um, We'll probably need a little bit more information because the 450 is, is they, they, they used to do a 450 SEL, which is an old car. Mm. But um, I think he's probably saying just 450, but we'll need to know, uh, you know, what class is it if, a GL? Uh, I, you, I imagine a GL, but can you can you just get that information so mm-hmm. we can come back to that one? If you can, Mohammed, get back in touch and let us know the details. Um, Michelle's texting and says, how much would I get for a, a 2009 Lincoln Navigator with approximately 190,000 kilometres? No service history. Um Never had any major accidents, just a few bumps and scrapes. It's in great condition. Yeah, look, that's a lot of kilometres. A Lincoln Navigator is a big, big car. Again, you're into the realms of the, probably even slightly bigger than the Armada. Um, but with those type of kilometres and that model year, you're not into much money, 20, 25,000 dirhams. Okay, and um, this one, because we were talking about it earlier, the Range Rover Sport autobiography. It's a 2013 older shape, 50,000 kilometres in perfect condition, full specs. Can we have a price and trade-in price, if you please? 2013, but just just creeping into the old shape. So, yeah, you're looking for the the Range Rover Sport around autobiography, around 130, 135. But, you know, when people talk about trade-ins, there's two types of of uh, ways you can look at it. A trading can sometimes be higher because the dealer that's selling the car, they have money in the car they're selling. So they can make your trading price more attractive. It won't be anywhere near what you can get as a private sale, but it'll mm. be better than what we call a cash price, which is when you go to these car buying companies that buy cars for cash. I mean, it's a very transparent way of, of, of buying cars. They don't hide it. But at the end of the day, they're, they're buying your car and then uh, they're brokering it to the dealer network. So they're going, they're, that's a straight deal, uh, which is going to be slightly lower than the trading price. But the, the, the usual margin to work on is around 15 to 20% below um, okay. the, the, what we call the end user price. So at 140, knock 15 to 20% off that and, and you're going to be there. So probably around 110 to 115. Okay, and we okay. have more information My- on that uh, Mercedes. It's a C450. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Because <laughs> any uh, car aficionados out there will know that the uh, the 450 is a car from the, the very late 70s. So can you just repeat the information back on it so we can get some more clarity? Yes. So Mohammed has a Mercedes C450 AMG, December 2006, with brand new tyres, only 14,000 kilometres on it. It's been serviced, uh, new tyres on it at the moment. What's the value? And then Mohammed's sort of saying, should I keep it for another couple of years just to let that depreciation sort of flatten out? You said December two thousand sixteen. Sixteen, and he paid. Uh, oh, sorry, look, different. He he paid for uh, ninety thousand. No, that's so not is it different. That's that's Jamil. Jamil paid ninety thousand for the Range Rover. Okay. Uh, this is so we don't know what Mohammed's paid paid for it, but 
he bought it in December 2016. Uh, he wonders what it's worth and if now's the time to maybe hang on to it for a bit longer. One, just... one more year would be would be really ideal if he could hang on to it for, for one more year um, because then he's going to really uh, get the benefit from it. But um, 2016 with, with nice low kilometres, I, I, my gut feeling's around that sort of uh, 140, 130, 140. Okay. Hopefully that answered your questions. Apologies to anyone we didn't get enough time for. We are completely out of time on Drive Live Talks Automotive. Big thanks to Matthew Davidson from Dubizzle, who you just heard there. Thank you. Can I just say uh, happy holidays to everybody? Um, if you're traveling, have a safe trip and eid uh, al-adha. Okay. Thank you very much. And Karen Mackey from Top Gear Middle East. Thank you for coming on the program. Thank you. That's all we do have time for on Drive Live Talks Automotive this week. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcast at DubaiEye1038.com.